Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings. Hey, thanks for joining me here on the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, your host, Damian Mason, with a great episode today. Nice little short episode covering a subject that is absolutely going to be important for you to move your business forward, whether you are self-employed or whether you have hundreds of employees or whether you are thinking about starting a business where you're going to have to work with contractors, subcontractors, and on contractual arrangements with people. Subject is very simple. Would you hire the person you are currently retaining in any given position. Would you hire, would you choose today to do business with or to hire as an employee the person you are currently doing business with? If it was all a new decision tomorrow or today, would you do that? That's the question we're going to dig into. So a couple things before we get any further here on the Do Business Better podcast. I have uh, to give a little shout out to my friends. You'll notice I'm wearing a fitness by design uh, little fleece here. Uh, actually, it's a workout type of a shirt. It's very awesome from my good friends, uh, Rob and Lisa Hudson, who are the owners and proprietors for 30 some odd years now of Fitness by Design, an Indianapolis-based personal fitness facility. They've been guests on this podcast. I encourage you to go and listen to, uh, to those uh, episodes because they're really eye-opening. And also, I just want to shout out to all the small businesses. I'm recording this right now, the week of Christmas of 2020. And what a year it has been for all of us that run our own businesses, that pilot our own ship. Many of us have been absolutely rocked. Uh, the poor restaurant owners, the bar owners, the you know independent movie theaters, uh, a lot of people in contractual arrangements that serve uh, meetings and events, people like me, for instance. And then, of course, you've got some small businesses that have really thrived. Good friend of mine, the landscaper that's been on here, you know, busy as he could possibly be. A lot of folks that do property work and renovation and outdoor uh, work uh, doing pretty well. But it's been a very tumultuous year for many people. So while you're heading into the new year and you're feeling a little holiday generosity, think about those that are listening to this podcast that pilot their own enterprise and also have been uh, hurt uh, very badly. Um, in fact, I'm thinking about teeing up um, a program to talk about PPP and all that kind of crap here for uh, heading into the new year as I've been reading about it myself with the new COVID stimulus bill. But that's for another day. Today we're going to talk about employees. We're going to talk about not just employees, contractual workers, and those who you do business with on a routine and regular basis. Would you keep that person? Would you keep that person in your life and business if you had to start tomorrow by making that decision once again? What I'm saying is, is there a person you have employed or that you do contractual work with only because you always have, but you would choose not to had you do it, had you to do it over again? That's the contemplation. We're going to go through all the reasons I've got my notes here about why you do what you do and the mistakes that I've seen, some of the devastating impacts of having the wrong person in the wrong position, and we're going to go through all of that. Uh, reminder, I know uh, we gave a little love to the small businesses and the friends that send me uh, cool jackets like this, but I also want to give a little love uh, to, again, all of us that have gotten through the year 2020 
And I want you to know that as a self-employed person now for 26 plus years, I know the challenges. I've been through terrorist attacks and uh, uh, health scares and economic turmoil uh, myself. So if you're staying with it, um, congratulations. If you're struggling, I understand. And please, you know, use me as a resource uh, and use the, the people that are, you know, in our circle here um, as resources as best you can. I know it's never easy. So this came to me. Oh, last reminder, this is also a video. It's not just an audio podcast. I put these on my Damien Mason channel, which is, that's what it is on YouTube. It's the Damien Mason channel. Just go on YouTube, type in Damien Mason. It'll pop up. It'll have all my playlists, agricultural commentary, my business of agriculture podcast, and here the Do Business Better podcast. And I'd like you to subscribe when you're there because the more subscribers I have, the more it helps visibility, which is good. Then more people like you can find this podcast. All right. So it dawns on me. I'm watching It's a Wonderful Life. I'm watching Frank Capra's holiday classic released in 1946. Didn't do that well then. Became an absolute holiday staple. And yes, I enjoy It's a Wonderful Life because it's very heartfelt. It's also got a good lesson. Remember at the end... How terrible the world may have been had you not been a part of it. That's what Clarence, the guardian angel, teaches George through his intervention. But before that, before we discover how the world would have been a much altered place were it not for George Bailey, we discover that George Bailey was pushed to the brink. He was about to commit suicide. I know that's a dark topic. The movie, of course, does a very cute job with it, but he was about to commit suicide. He was about to complete suicide. I'm sorry. We don't use the word commit anymore because it implies that this person has done something wrong. The person that is suicidal obviously is in a very, very dark place, mentally, emotionally, and generally pushed there from either their own mental health concerns, but usually it's accentuated by environmental things. And in George's case, it was his somewhat feeling of it as a failure, but more importantly, that he had been pushed into a financial straits because not of his own volition, not of anything he had done wrong, because of his uncle Billy. So I'm sitting there watching this movie, and I've seen it dozens of times since my childhood, and it occurred to me, you know what's really tragically sad is that George does everything right. George Bailey is a good man. George Bailey, it takes care of his children. George Bailey stands up for the common man and makes sure that the blue-collar folks can get out of rental units and move into homes that they can pay for through running their own small business, like Martini, the Italian immigrant who has a restaurant and bar. You get the picture here. He's a good guy. Kind of person we all aspire to be, right? Doing our business, doing good doing good things for the community, helping out those that we can through our business dealings. But George Bailey has always felt like he was held back. He wanted to get away from that little town. And the thing is, those things ate at him and probably did affect his mental health. And he did have stress. You know, the movie does a great deal of uh, a job of, of demonstrating the stress, the anguish that George Bailey endured. But what it came down to was that Uncle Billy, his incompetent uncle at the building alone, blows $8,000 plus by trying to insult the richest man in town and accidentally drops it in his lap and then forgets where he's put it. 
driving the bailing of building alone, the Bailey building alone into a financial crisis and with nowhere to turn. George Bailey thinks about whether he should hawk his life insurance policy, but it has very little equity in it. So he is cruelly reminded by Potter that you would be worth more dead than you are alive, George Bailey. So George Bailey thinks about taking his own life. And the thing is, I can get a little sad thinking about this because this movie's very important to me. You know, we all kind of think about what a wonderful life we have. And if you got to watch that movie again, maybe you should because it'll make you realize how good your life is and what the world would have been like were you not here. But more importantly, let's talk about your business because this year, for the first time in my life, I looked at it and I said, I wish that George Bailey listened to the Business of Ag podcast because I will do an episode that says... Why are you employing this incompetent fool just because he's your uncle? Now, I know you have, oh, family, blood is thicker, thicker than water and all those things. But when it drives you to a level of stress that you're considering taking your own life through no, no failure on your own, maybe you should rethink the business arrangement. Now, I know that's what no, most people don't come away from the movie thinking, and that's frankly not the big point of the movie, and we'll get to that. Of course, we already know that. But the thing is, are you employing Uncle Billy in your business right now? Are you, are you doing business with an incompetent person that does not have the qualifications to be in a role that you put them in? So let's just analyze this a little bit further. It's usually family and friends, right? Now you can say, Damon, you don't have employees. You don't understand. That's true. I point this out. I talk about it in my book. I say, you know, I've not been a great employer because I have self-employment syndrome, you know, where I like to be in control of things. But I have boatloads of subcontractors, designers, graphics people, media people, video production people, travel bookers, promotion people, editors, printers. I work with dozens and dozens and dozens of people on a contractual arrangement and none of them none of them are there just because I think oh well they're incompetent as hell but you know what they've always been there because that is detrimental to your business put people in roles that deserve to be in those roles because of their qualifications and of their competence not because you've always known them or because you are related to them because those are the two things that usually get in the way george bailey did not start the building and loan as you might recall from the movie it was his father peter bailey that was the man about town that wanted to do something good and had the bailey brothers building and loan with his idiot brother billy and then peter bailey died George Bailey was brought in and told that if he didn't take over, the building alone would be dissolved. And he said, no, Uncle Billy's your man. But nobody on the board thought Uncle Billy was the man. Everybody on the board thought, all the local community business people that were on the board thought that Uncle Billy was incompetent and had no business stay, being in charge. Staying on, okay, sure, but not in charge. So you see, we've always been told, first generation starts it. Second generation keeps it. Third generation destroys it. Well, in this case, old George was the second generation who actually salvaged it, kept it going. Kept it going through the Great Depression, through runs on banks when everybody was losing their head, as they say in the movie. He didn't hire Uncle Billy, but he kept him on. So if you have a family business, I know it gets tough and families end up breaking up after these things come to situations like this, but are you keeping someone on just because they've always been there? It's question number one. 
Question number two. Look at these people, and whether it's a family or a friend, and say, with their credentials and their qualifications, merit you hiring them now. Just because George was saddled with his uncle didn't mean he had to keep him around. The board placed him in charge. Realizing his forgetfulness, his, his errant personality, his uh, weakness, his uh, seeming, seemingly um, undeniably emotional approach to things, perhaps Uncle Billy should have been let go much sooner. Do you have an Uncle Billy you're keeping around just because they were there when you took over the company? What about this next question? If you wouldn't hire them now, why would you keep them now? And then ask yourself critically these questions. These are the things I came up with why a company or a business would do that. One is comfort. It's uncomfortable firing people. I cover that in my book also. A friend of mine, Dr. Ann, said to me several years ago when I told her about my headache, and I said, I just don't want to face the headache of firing this person I've employed. And she said, you have a headache right now, and they and you haven't fired them. Why not go through the headache of firing that person and be done with it? And I thought, holy crap, for an eye doctor, that was like some really good advice. If you have the headache that they're causing you, don't pretend it's comfortable. Don't pretend it's painless. If this person, and you know it deep down inside, is your Uncle Billy, is causing you problems, is losing you money, is making poor decisions, is unable to make a decision, is a bad manager, is an absent manager, is somewhat inconsistent or greatly inconsistent to the detriment of the performance and the product that your customers pay you for. If any of those things are the case, how the hell are you saying it's comfortable to keep that person around? And this goes for subcontractors as well as it does for employees. If I were working with a subcontractor that I had do a bunch of work for me in conjunction with another client that I serve, that reflects poorly on me, doesn't it? So to say it's comfortable just to throw it to that person, well, not if it's causing me lack of performance, lack of execution, or worse yet, problems with my paying clients. This works no matter whether it's an employee or someone that you work with on a subcontractor or even a big-time service provider product, uh, person to you. You staying with somebody? This, this is the other question. As a customer, are you staying with a relationship because, ah, it's pretty comfortable. Just drive over there to, you know, Smith's and Old Smith's. They're going to do this, you know, same thing they always do. Not very well, but they're right around the corner. Well, you're calling that comfort and convenience. But how much is it really costing you to have somebody that does a mediocre job that affects your company, your business, your bottom line? Is that really that comfortable or convenient? Let's go to the other reason. So we just said convenience. Talk about comfort. What about lawsuit? I'm afraid to fire this person. I'm afraid to try and get out of this contract because they'll sue me. Maybe not. Maybe not. You know, what if it's a very frank discussion? What if it's a frank discussion where you both agree that it's not working out? What if it's a frank discussion where you sit down and say, here's the six areas where you're failing right now. You're failing to perform. Now, we have a decision to make at the end of this sixth thing. You either decide to move on, or I have to go about putting this all together categorically to check all my boxes with human resources so that I will eventually fire you. So the question is, Mr. or Mrs. Bad uh, Person uh, for my business, Mr. or Mrs. Bad Employee, wouldn't it be better for you just to move on now? We'll give you four weeks severance. Something like that. 
comfort convenience lawsuit. You might not be facing the lawsuit because of all of the things you could document. And again, it could also be a discussion where you openly admit that that's not going to be a good outcome for anybody and move on separately, peacefully, and maybe even amicably. Why are you in business with this person is another thing to analyze. So you can say, okay, why you're keeping them around or why you haven't gotten rid of them. Convenient, comfort, lawsuit, those are the general reasons. You're saying, oh, no, you're forgetting the other one, Damien. It's because it's my sister. Ah, it's because it's my brother. It's because it's my uncle. Okay, there are those things, and that will be a real issue. First off, it makes the holiday get-togethers really, really awkward, doesn't it? And it could make it so you never see that sibling or uncle or relative again. But ask yourself this question. Is it really about the relationship? Because in my observation of dealing with some of those companies where it is family, the relationship is there, but if it's a one person not performing or not doing what they should be doing and the other person's a go-getter, usually there's already a strain on the relationship. What's the real chemistry? Is it about obligation? Is it about guilt? Is it about fear? Fear that you're going to lose your relationship with the person you're related to. Is it that you say, okay, that person has just always struggled. I'm going to at least give them a place to have a job. You know what? That's admirable as all heck. And if that's the case, you make sure you give them a job they are capable of doing. You do not put them in the interface. You do not put them out there with the customer. You do not do something that is going to wreck your relationship or screw up a deal that you have by putting them in a position where they can't win. If you are doing this out of a charitable thing, to help out the local guy who just needed somewhere to land or your sister or brother because they had a hard time in the real world and you're deciding to give them a job where they put widgets in boxes, that's fine. But by God, you keep them in the role of putting widgets in boxes that they can do versus putting them in a role where they are going to cause you to lose amount of money or bring all sorts of scandal to your business. Like again, George putting... Uncle Billy, in a role that he was incapable of doing. All right. I'm going to ask you another couple of questions about this very thing because I've seen it and it made me even think after I had this thought, after watching this Christmas classic, I thought about my own arrangements and if I'm doing these things because I do not want to be that person that is guilty of what I advise against. In general, I have pretty frank discussions with all of the subcontractors and service providers that I deal with. We are pretty frank about saying, where are you on this? This is not acceptable. This is doing great. Thank you. And we keep that going. So I think you've got to give yourself very honest feedback and you've got to give that same feedback to those who you work with in a employment or in a, a contractor arrangement. You then say, hey, that last shipment, and you tell them what was wrong. You give them the good and the bad. You give them the, hey, that went really well, or hey, that's a nice piece, or man, the way you ran those print, you get that print job done for me in 18 hours, that's fantastic. By the way, three, three, uh, three days before that, I didn't get a call back on this, this, and this. Communication is the key, and being honest with your feedback and the criticism and accolades as need be to keep the people in between the white lines. What else? Qualifications. 
if you're looking to Uncle Billy and you say, okay, I, 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 we don't pay him a lot, you know, hopefully he doesn't screw things up. All right, what are Uncle Billy's qualifications? Who, what, the person you're doing business with or have in your business that you know you wouldn't hire again tomorrow if it was all to be done again. And you say, I don't want to fire them. Okay, then do this. Do a real, real, true, honest analysis of that person's qualifications. Did he or she really pass enough math classes that you want to put them in charge of the books for your business? Did he or she actually study engineering to the point where they should be in charge of the process engineering of your production facility? You understand what I am saying here. Put them in a role where they can actually perform what they are capable of performing that will still deliver for you. I am from a farm background. I am not from a well-held farm background, which means there's not thousands of acres of operation to be run by me and my siblings. There are farming operations that fit into that category. And it's very common, since I'm from that background, I see it a lot, to have someone in a role that they just, it's a round peg and a square, a, round, a square peg and a round hole, I guess is what they say. The person wants really badly to be a diesel mechanic and loves wrenching on stuff and wants to be in the shop wrenching on stuff. The problem is, farm already has a maintenance supervisor. They really need a business manager. Oh, but that's all right. He'd been around this his whole life. He'll figure it out. No, he may not. This idea that you're going to put someone in a place where they don't want to be, have no aptitude for, or experience with, and that they're going to grow into it is generally a fool's folly. So... Think very long and hard about the roles you assign people, the qualifications that they do have, and what their actual ascension desire is. Uncle Billy never really wanted to be anything more than just a nitwit, uh, incompetent clerk at the bank or credit union or whatever it was, the building alone, because frankly, he knew he didn't have the aptitude. He, he, said, uh, he said as much throughout the movie. Do you have somebody in your employment or worse yet that you're doing business with who doesn't aspire for near as much as you aspire for them? Because then you're probably putting someone, that person, in a position where they can't deliver what you need delivered from them. And they're eventually going to disappoint you or worse yet they might bankrupt you. And God knows I hope it doesn't come down to this where you overlook their flaws because it's comfortable and convenient or because you're related to them and eventually they drive your business into the ground, you're facing financial ruin, and you contemplate suicide like George Bailey. That was the entire purpose of this episode. Look at the strengths that you can put someone in there where they actually possess some strengths and give them that. Just because they're related to you, just because they're friends of yours, does not mean they deserve promotion. Frankly, they may not even deserve employment. But if you are going to keep them employed or do business with them, make sure it's business that they can do and they are capable of completing to your satisfaction and to your customer's satisfaction. You're saying, Damien, I never had to think about the uh, it's a wonderful life from the standpoint of my own business. And like I told you, since it's Christmas time, let's also be sure to remember that there's a bigger point to it. it's a wonderful life. This world has been impacted by you, I hope. And you should make it your hope that the world is positively impacted by your efforts also, whether it's running businesses, recording podcasts, uh, writing good books, 
whatever it should be, you should hope that the world is positively impacted by you. And one way you will do that is by analyzing your business and saying, yes, I know I do business or I employ this person and it's just because they're my old friend or just because they are uh, my uncle, but maybe you shouldn't be employing that person. You know, I also talked about that in here about uh, two guys who hired the one's mother to be in a role interfacing with the customer. And uh, it was the absolute wrong personality to be interfacing with the customer. So it's just someone as your mother, even your mother, your mother might not be the right personality for the position you need filled. So bear that in mind. And as I said, remember the bigger point of It's a Wonderful Life. And that, of course, is do what you can to impact the world around you. Because as George discovered, when he said everything would have been better if he had never been born, he realized how wrong he was. Make that your mission also. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks for being a listener and a viewer to the Do Business Better podcast. Please do me a favor and share this around with somebody that you think can benefit from it and ask them to subscribe like I've asked you. Thanks a lot. Till next time. Till next year. It's the Do Business Better podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. Thank you.